Aloha Warriors, Joshua Loya, a.k.a. Joshua the Jedi, the aspiring servant warrior. I have with me Mr. Prone to Ride himself, Jake Pacheco. How are you, sir? Oh, man, when you butter me up like that, shoot, I got something to live up to now. Well, you've heard of butter coffee. Now we have butter surfer. Uh, actually, I'm not going to go down that road. That sounds going to get too <laughs> oh, gross real, real fast. Oh, man, that was awesome. Uh, happy but, but, to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, I actually just um, just now, I know you put it up like a week or two ago. I just watched your uh, effing weirdos uh, post about being oh, disabled and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so if, if what's really cool about Jacob's channel, um, I think anyway, is, you know, uh, like me, uh, Jacob is a surfer with a different approach to surfing by virtue of his physical situation. We can get into that at a point. But what's really cool, though, is that it's you touch on stuff that transcends just the adaptive surfing or just the the disability inclusion or adaptability inclusion, whatever particular word you want to use. And you kind of make it a little more universal. And that that is something, you know, I absolutely want to have other people in a unique situation in life on the show. But I've also had people without a predominant disability on the show. And I, I think that, um, you know, expanding out and making things more just, just how I interact with life. And you do that in your channel. I think that's pretty dope. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I think you bridging the gap and creating more inclusion is really critical to our generation, the future generations. And I think we use the conduit of the water and surfing in our own yep. unique ways. And you For use sure. your platform to create more inclusion. So good on you, man, where you're fighting the good fight. Yeah. Thanks dude. Thanks dude. Um, so just to kind of give everybody a, a, I like to hear people who come on the show kind of tell us who they are in their own words. Like what's, what's kind of your journey. I know, obviously they know you're a surfer. Um, and, uh, beyond that, what can you, uh, tell everyone? I would say I'm a warrior. I'm also a leader and I try to do right by everybody that I meet um, you know, I'm a human being as well, so that means I'm prone to mistakes, and I'm also a flawed masterpiece. That means we all have our own beauty and our flaws, And um, but I try to do the best I can and be the best person I can be. doesn't mean I'm always perfect, but it means I'm somewhere close, and I'm pretty happy with who I am, um, and you got to continue doing that. Um, yep. But I think the water and uh, surfing has really created a – more balanced side of me and in my life. And I'm very, very, very grateful for it. Um, and it was just simply getting on a, on a foam board that felt like sandpaper and really, uh, rubbed, rubbed my chest raw, but I still didn't give up. And I still, kept going. <laughs> it was, you know, uh, those were those moments where you question, what am I doing? Cause this hurts like a <laughs> What? How long have you been at this? Cause um, you, you have cerebral palsy, right? That's kind of like your main, uh, I guess, difference in approaching things. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. I'm also a little bit crazy too. So that, that well, you gotta be, up. I mean, you, you spend time with me occasionally, but voluntarily that, that suggests a little bit of uh, screw loose in there somewhere. Yeah. 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 I just got to make sure I don't get put in a headlock with you, man. No, I'm a kind gentleman. <laughs> Although didn't I actually, when the last time you and I sur went surfing, didn't I almost take you out though? Um, we had a, we you, had a near collision, I think. No, but that that's called sending it. You know what I mean? So you gotta, <laughs> if you're not coming at me, then we're not doing something right. You know what I right. mean? That was a good day. Um, to answer your question though. Yes, I do. I do have, 
cerebral palsy. Um, I did start surfing in 2014 when I was 24 and I moved down to Long Beach for graduate school. Um, and it took me a couple months, but I ended up getting into the water and my life completely changed from there because I was an athlete before that. Uh, I had worked in professional sports as a coach. I was a front office administrator because I was told that I could not participate on an athletic level in sport. So I tried to maneuver around that and contribute in other ways. However, when I moved down here, I discovered surfing and I always wanted to try it, but I just didn't know how. Sure. And because of a, of a wonderful friend, a good human who decided to give their time to donate their time to just take me out in the water, it really kind of created what you see today. So I really have to thank that human being for all the time that they donated to just enjoying the, enjoying the surfing sessions, you know, like, cause that person didn't have to drag me out there every day, throw me into a wave, swim back to get me, <laughs> drag me back out. But we did it. And we did it for hours and hours and hours, literally every day for three months straight. And then I learned how to wow, do it. Wow. That's, that's a lot of like really rad intense training, your first initial jumping into it. I think it wasn't necessarily training though. It was just like you were hooked. And yeah. when, you're, when you're hooked, it's, it's, it's not training. It's, it's fun. Right, it's just fun time that, that has the side benefit of helping you get better. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but to be able to get out every day, I mean, that's huge. Like most, most adaptive surfers, um, especially when we first start, we have to have somebody with us just for purposes of safety, because it's just a completely different way of interacting with the water. And I, you go out by yourself now, I think, right? Like, I mean, you, yeah. you're able to get out there and, and you don't have as many safety concerns, I guess. Yeah. 95% of my sessions, probably 97% are, are usually solo. Uh, it's like, um, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And it also, it's a way of connecting with my inner self. When I'm out there by myself, it's like communicating with my soul, communicating with my character, yeah. who I really see myself as. So when you have a giant wave coming right at your face <laughs> and you feel that power in the water, because you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely, you'll get, I do. You'll get, you'll get pushed and pulled and you'll be like, yeah, I don't have any control here. But you better you better have control of your mind, and I think that that's one of the reasons why I like to surf alone is because like I like to hone that mindset. I like to hone my mind yeah. and get it really into a focused state because I'll use that state and then apply it to the rest of the day. Because I'm an early surf guy, I like to wake up and get out there before the sun rises. I'm out there during the sunrise and I'm done by like eight eight thirty, and I'm back home and I'm showered, ready to work at like nine thirty ten o'clock. You're you're a, a more disciplined guy than I am with regards to the early rising. I, <laughs> I I won't get up early for almost anything. For a good surf session, I totally will. And there is something. Definitely, the water is usually more more glassy. There's not as much chop early in the morning. It's much more of a smoother ride. There's also not as many people out there, especially as we start getting colder right now. You know. Yep. So, uh, and what you're talking about that independence. You know, like when I first started surfing, for my part, you know, like three years ago or three or four years ago, whenever it was, you know, 2017, um, you know, I, I, I had a coach that helped me get started mm -hmm. and, and taught me the basics. There was, I think a, a lack of confidence that I could ever surf independently. 
um, where I'd always need to have somebody kind of coaching me along, you know, being totally blind as far as, you know, knowing the wave is coming. And, you know, our, our uh, mutual friend, John White, who has been mentioned more times on this podcast than probably anybody who hasn't been on it, um, he, he got me into being able to, to read waves by sound a bit. Now in competition, we obviously don't have as much time, but the first time I was out there and I was just on shore break at, uh, at Oceanside, but you know, shore break at Oceanside, that can still be fun depending on, you know, the, how big the surf is. According and, to who? Wait a minute. According to who? <laughs> shore break in Oceanside, that is gnarly stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Though. But, <laughs> but, but the point is, is when I finally went out there, like, cause you know, John used to do the, and we haven't been able to do full scale, you know, big gatherings, but we had the, the waste for alls last Sunday of every month in Oceanside. And at first I would go and I'd get like kind of bummed out that like there are too many people. I couldn't have somebody go to the outside with me right away. And it's like, well, fuck it, man. I'm going to go surf anyway. And, and John's like, all right, here's what pay attention to this. And you know, people are watching out for you. And when I finally kind of got the experience of, being able to surf independently for the first time. Obviously there, there are limits because it's hard for me to hear an outside wave coming, but on the inside I can, he, it's, you know, it makes enough sound. I can, you know, I might get banged up, but I'm not, I, it's, there's not really a really giant safety concern. And that changed everything for me. When you're able to get out in the water by yourself and have as much independence in the water as you can, that, that changes things pretty dramatically. And, you know, cause usually as a person with a disability, you usually have to have help somewhere along the way, even if only temporary, and it's it's really cool when you can have somebody just unleash and so that you are getting banged up and that's okay because you just get back up and you go back out and you do your thing and and I think that people are like oh it's 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 hard enough for you guys you know why am I going to make it I'm going to make things easy for you you know and there's a difference between accommodation and bubble wrapping the world. I think what you're speaking about is a metaphor for life, right? We have to learn yeah. how to fail on our own before we can learn to get back up. You know, I, I've seen you surf. I've yeah. been in with you in the water. And I have to say that you probably have a, a beautiful connection with the, with the surroundings around you and within yourself to be able to feel that energy and to understand what's going to happen to you and still be okay with it. That, that speaks to your inner strength, your mental strength, and that's that's a facet of you that that I've always held in very high regard. Oh, thanks, dude. Maybe, that means a lot coming from you. Yeah, maybe maybe there are a few that might not realize it, but I've seen it and I've watched your body language in the water, and I, I respect it immensely. Just to watch you have that energy and that inner control, that mental strength to feel that water and to still go after it, regardless of the consequences, good and bad. <laughs> and to, hey, you've seen and, me eating it too pretty hard <laughs> yeah but you but you that doesn't deter you not it at all man i'm, I'm happy to be out there i would rather have get thrown around in the surf and and be like completely beaten up by the ocean than have to work another day as a computer teacher in my life <laughs> i think that speaks to your humanity as well because your your ability to kind of go through that cycle of failure and success and failure and success but have again have that mental strength um, it speaks to your humanity. I think a lot of people can relate to that and it's, it's beautiful, man. So kudos to you. Congratulations. And thanks, you know, dude. Your hard work pays off for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I hope at the time of this recording, uh, tomorrow morning, 
uh, I'll be having my hernia surgery. And now I, and when I recover from that, I won't have to be nearly as careful. It's been a weird thing. Like, like, you know how you'll say like, uh, that I fall off. I just paddle right back out there. Every single time I wipe out now, there's always just that hint of a delay. Like, am I still good? Okay. I haven't made it worse. I can go back out. So I'll, I'll, I'll definitely look forward to being able to be as, I don't know, charging as, as, as I would normally have chosen to be. So that's always the, the fun times, but, uh, you know, you're going to be okay, man. You're I'm sure I'll be, be fine. Right. You know, it's weird though. Cause like, I'm like, I'm usually, even if I drink or if I, if I share a pipe or something with somebody, I don't go too deep. I always like to be a little bit aware of my, my surroundings. And so mm-hmm. it's weird. Like I'm comfortable with like, you know, Oceanside, the, the year that you won the award, um, those were some ridiculous waves at the U S open that year. And I'm more comfortable with that than I am with being put out for a surgery. Like, I know that sounds weird, but it's, that's totally where I'm at. I, I hate not having at least some agency in my situation. I under, I understand that, you know, I, I went through a surgery as a kid as well. And, uh, I've had multiple surgeries in fact. So there's a, there's a little bit of an inner fear of hospitals for me as well. So I, I can relate there. And, um, but you know what, like, it, it's part of the process, I guess, of life where we have to find a new challenge. And yep. you, know, you and I are no, you and I are no strangers to challenges. Nope. It. <laughs> so I believe in you and I, I know you're going to be okay. Oh, thanks dude. I appreciate that. Um, so actually, uh, break down the, the, that was 2018. You got that award at, at the U S open, right? Uh, 2017 or 2018. I believe it was 2018. You're right. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, it was, Real cool. Uh, so there's a, there's an award. There's a, a the absolute legend in the adaptive surf community. Um, and well, I don't know. You actually, I think you met the guy. Can you kind of open up a little bit about the the context there? Sure. I did not meet um, the man. It was named after. He had passed away um, before the competition. Oh, was for held. some reason, I thought you had met Jay. I, I, I had not, but I know Jay's story. So the award that you're talking about is called the Jay Lyston. And it's awarded for the most um, inspirational, motivational server in the contest. And we're we're speaking about uh, the U.S. Adaptive Open. Okay, we're talking about a complete class of legends in their own rights. We're talking about everybody from the top down has all their own experiences, all of their own challenges, and they're all legends in their own rights. Dude, that that year. Just like a little rep. Did you see um, Mira from Hawaii when she, that particular contest, she got, because those waves were so giant, she was under her underwater for like almost two minutes. She's a wave skier and she was holding on to her paddle because she didn't want to let it go and have it hit somebody. And meanwhile, she's still underwater and she's kind of like, she finally like, well, I need to get out of water. She, people were coming over. She was able to avoid the paddle hitting anybody. Once she got the help she needed, she caught her breath. She went out and she won her heat. Like that's like, that's the, the, the level of, and meanwhile, this is a woman who doesn't have the ability to walk. So like, like she can't just hang out there forever. She's got to at least pay attention. And she knew her limits. And I don't know, man, it was just, it was so dope to have, that was just symptomatic of one of the, you know, the people that were out there just absolutely killing it. And, pretty challenging conditions, honestly. Yeah, it, it truly was. It was a, a scary time. I will definitely say dangerous time as well. 
Um, I mean, you know, I was the first heat in the water and I was surfing on a pretty crappy board. It was a Costco short board made out of foam, um, but I didn't have any other board that I really trusted at the time. And I went out and surfed. And what happened was I ended up catching a, an awesome bomb that was a left facing wave. I finished the wave and it was awesome, but I ended up getting dragged into the pier. Um, That's a scary spot. And then that, yeah. Very, very scary. So I was next to um, Jay Leisner's pusher. And Jay Leisner's pusher is Adam Land. And Adam's such we a cool next guy, the by pier. the way. I love that dude. He is. He is. Yeah. So we ended up um, being next to the pier, and there was two water safety next to me. And I felt like they were like dolphins next to me, kind of protecting me. And they were like, okay, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. They were trying to keep me away from the pier, but the current was going into the pier at this point. So it's like you can try to stay really away from the pier, yeah. but the whole the whole object of the water is going into it. So it's kind of yep. like – There's a limit to how much you can kind of paddle to get away from that current. Right. So we're going out and we're right next to the pier. I mean like we're right next to it. Like you can feel the pillar's energy, right? Oof. And you're, dry, you're paddling out and make it over two waves – and a set starts rolling through, and this is a—it's a big set. It's like solid seven, eight, nine. Foot. I think my my biggest wave of that contest was like easily a seven or eight foot wave, like no was, no problem. It was a big one. It, it they yeah. were big. So I got demolished, and at that point, I'm super close to the pier, and that's when my training kicked in, and I was like, we got to go with the current and not go against it. And Adam Land had basically stayed with me and the other water safety had to go in because it was so unsafe. So it was me and Adam. It was just us. And he was like, all right, man, what do you want to do? And I said, we got to go through the pier. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, we got to shoot the pier. Let's do this. And he was like, okay, we started swimming through the pier. Right as we swam through the pier, a set wave comes barreling through. Oh, dude. And uh, it starts breaking. And I see it out the corner of my eye and I go, wave. He didn't hear me, and then I screamed. <laughs> I was like, "Wave!" Oh, oh Adam didn't hear you. Adam did not hear oh, me. Dude. No, I yelled at him the second time. I screamed in his face. I was like, "Wave!" And he goes, "What?" Looks over his shoulder. Oh shit! <laughs> and literally, I start to catch the wave. Like the wave picks me up, and I'm coming down the face, but my line is going directly into it into a pillar like oh I thought dude I was, that's scary right i there. thought i was gonna die i thought i was gonna die wow because i was gonna hit my head at yeah full speed. yeah and i didn't have a helmet adam grabs my board at the last i'm not kidding you the last possible second drags it maybe two or three centimeters a gentle tug and it flipped me but it was all i needed and i ended up going underwater, flipping over, and crushing my leg against the pillar. I mean, I thought I broke my leg because it hurt so bad. So it got and caught between your board and the pillar? or No. my So I flipped over right. underwater, and while I flipped underwater, I ended up smashing into the pillar. Oh, okay. Well, you're, I got you. All while right. I was underwater. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I ended up like I was trying to hold my breath. I lost my breath because my – leg got smashed against this metal metal pole and it hurt i lost my breath i couldn't breathe underwater and i remember 
my training in college because I went through athletic training. So I went through the checks. I was like, I'm flexing my, I'm literally doing this while I'm drowning pretty much. And I'm flexing <laughs> my ankle. I'm like, okay, I've got ankle flexion. That's good. It hurts, but it's good. And then I'm underwater still. And I'm, I feel the sand underneath my feet. And I started like putting weight on my foot. And I'm like, oh, it's weight bearing. I'm like, I like literally like kind of like bob in the water a little bit. Whoa. And everybody thinks I'm drowning, but I'm not because I'm just trying to protect. <laughs> I'm, I'm just underwater. I'm just underwater trying to. Right, right. But all thing. they see is like your head. You kind of just yeah, barely. Yeah, my back. Yeah, my head and my back just floating <laughs> like a bobbing dead fish. Dude. But I'm literally testing out my leg because I don't want them to know I'm hurt. And Right. Because they'll take you out of the contest or whatever. Right. And uh, I'm like, oh, I can put weight. I'm good. Like, this is good. And Adam <laughs> comes up to me. He's like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, how much time is left? Seven and a half minutes. Oh, dude, there's enough time. You could do something. Yeah, sure. exactly. So I'm, I'm like, all right, take my leash off. I'm running up the beach. He was like, what the F? You know, and he was like, are you kidding me? I was like, yeah, goodbye. And I literally started sprinting up the beach. I literally sprinted from the north end of the pier to the south end. And I'm like running as hard as I possibly can. I fall twice before I get into the water. Right. Cause and running then, on dry land is not really, a, it's not suitable. I wouldn't recommend yeah. it for somebody with cerebral palsy, but it's sand. <laughs> so sand doesn't hurt. Right. It doesn't hurt as much when you fall. Right. Right. So the current is so strong and I'm starting to run into the water because I know I don't have much time left and it's only about an inch deep and the water's like pushing and pulling me. I'm like, I have no choice. There's a picture of me literally diving headfirst into about two inches of water. And I don't care because I'm like, I'm trying to win. I came to win. Right. And I knew at that point I probably wasn't going to win that heat, but I just wanted to qualify. Sure. But I was giving everything I had. There's a, you got a pretty big division. I mean, the, the, the prone unassisted, which is your, your spot, like that's – there's a lot of people in that division, if I recall. It's very intense. It's very stacked. And kudos to all those guys that keep pushing the limits of that class. Um, but I wanted to qualify. I didn't end up qualifying. And it was a very low point in my career. I mean, I've experienced, I've still experienced low points after that. But that one was where I worked so hard to get there. And I thought I was going to do well. And I didn't end up doing that well. Um, but, you know, you take everything as a learning experience. Yep. And that's what created this narrative in that contest because that was the first heat, the first day, the first heat of the entire competition at 8 a.m. And it was a great way to start it. I mean, you know, I hit the pier and like, everybody was like, <laughs> and then you went out dude. and you were still doing your best to surf after smashing into the pier. I mean, that's chances yeah. are if I hit the pier, I'm, I'm no, I'm good for the day. Like, I mean, it, it was, it, it definitely left some scars because I still, I still have some reservations about surfing next to peers, but the way I view that is it's just an opportunity for me to see what kind of person I am and if I can overcome those challenges and those fears. Yeah. And that's the same thing I think that applies to our lives, right? These are opportunities for us to confront what bothers us. What are, what are things that we need to work on and whether or not we want to answer that bell. And if you don't want to answer it, that's fine as well. But for my own personality, for my own personal, I guess you could say like value, right. I want to get after it. Like I want to try 
because I don't, I, I want to be able to look myself in the mirror at the end of the day. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, no, you don't got to change your, I mean, you know, we're, we're fine, man. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not one of those. And I, I get the whole respect thing. I think that, uh, like ableism is a real thing. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. it isn't e- even amongst people with different disabilities. I see that, but mm-hmm. I think also we have to recognize that, you know, sometimes people don't always mean ill. Right. You know, I, I mean like the fact that cool. you say, look yourself in the mirror, what am I going to get like jump on you for, <laughs> right. for using like normal language? I mean, and if I have to hear somebody say, did you hear that movie last night? Uh, one more, you know, it's like, that's, it's like, nah, it's a visual medium. I say, watch whatever, you know, it's, it's the way of it. Um, I understand. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, yeah, that. for sure. And you know, sometimes people are new to the situation, they get a little testy, but of course, um, I, I do think sometimes what's really interesting about the, the adaptive surf community, uh, and, and what was really cool is, you know, they, they recognized you for, for the effort, you know, it wasn't just, um, you know, a bunch of people without significant disabilities going, oh, wow, Jacob's such an inspiration because he can, you know, he figured out a way to tie his shoe, which, you know, for some people, that's a giant accomplishment, depending on what you got going on. I mean, like reality is, but um, as far as it's, and I, I actually had Chaka on early uh, on this podcast. And one of the things that I think is so dope about that particular contest and more of the contests that are starting to to come about is that they're adaptive surf contests by adaptive surfers for adaptive surfers. And so when the people at, you know, at that contest at the U S open, when they recognize the, the inspiration that you provide by your struggle, by your story, it's not benevolent, uh, you know, cited or benevolent able-bodied benefactors, you know, kind of saying, Oh wow. He gets a lollipop because he put on a wetsuit, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, right. We're talking about mutual respect between agreed. Warriors. Absolutely. And, and that's what's, what's kind of connected to that. Um, it, you know, for a long time, I, it kind of felt like people with sensory based disabilities were kind of left out of the party. You know, I mean, you know, blindness and, and even people with a hearing impairment and stuff. And, and I, I somehow surfing seems to transcend that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what it's like to, to not have full control of my muscles. And I don't know what it's like to, to, um, you know, have, have to do like a giant stretching routine just so I can get my wetsuit on and, and, you know, all the different stuff that different people go through or what it's like to, um, you know, any of that. But we have, because we all have our mutual struggles, there seems to be a a, a much more tight-knit uh, appreciation for each other in, in this adaptive surf community, more so than I think I've found in a lot of other places. And it, it's it's really cool to kind of see that transcendence. Even if we don't have the same experience, we can all kind of connect in a, in a really beautiful and organic way. And my blindness or your cerebral palsy barely factors in. It's, it's We're just two guys on the water enjoying it. Yeah, I think that's the beautiful part of our community. And I think it's a message that transcends not just our community and it can actually apply to the world. I think we can talk about, you know, accessibility as a whole. And I think our conduit of surfing and the ability to break down those barriers between each other, you know, we can take that message elsewhere. And that's something that can be applied to um, so many different things in life and so many so many different walks of life as well. 
when you enter, when you're out and about, like what kind of things from, from surfing do you take? I mean, obviously it's the diversity thing and the connection thing, mutual respect thing. Um, is there something that in your own process that you've been surprised, uh, and, and, or pleasantly so, uh, how much it translates from surfing to just interaction with people. I mean, obviously this is the craziest year we've had, certainly in my lifetime, probably in yours. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would say that the one thing that it's taught me is inner peace. I never realized how much internal pain that I had with myself and things that had happened to me and how I allowed that to really kind of dictate who I wanted to be and it was very painful. I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of sadness. I was very depressed. Um, and it affected a lot of things in my life. And it was very, very upsetting. And it made me cry, um, even as a child, you know, because um, you struggle to answer those questions. Why was I born different? Why am I like this? Yep. Things of that nature. And then, you know, the water kind of like, he kind of coaxes it out of you. It allows you to confront those issues. For me, anyways, because um, it responds to your energy, okay? Like there are times where I'm angry and I'm stressed and I'm frustrated. And guess what? The water is angry, stressed, and frustrated. <laughs> and it'll slap you in the face. And then It doesn't the moment, care if you, if you have difficulty walking. It's equal opportunity offender. Yeah. And then the moment that you calm yourself. I'm not kidding you. The moment you calm yourself and you center yourself and you know about this, Josh, mm -hmm. you're, yeah. you're an expert at centering yourself. Um, when you center yourself, all of a sudden, are, are, are you trying to say I'm self-centered? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm saying ground. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I know, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Um, I, I think that's really what has taught me is how to have more inner peace with myself. And every time I struggle with that, um, I either go have a surf session or I sit down and I talk about the issues within myself. I'm like, where's this coming from? What's the issue? Um, yeah. But that's that's a gift that's given me. And I think uh, having a disability in general, I think it's a gift. Uh, it really gives you a lot of perspective. It teaches you how to handle adversity. And I believe it can lead to a very fulfilling life depending on how you approach it. I, I would agree. Obviously, you're, you're speaking to somebody that one, one of the greatest things, and for somebody who's never surfed, they probably won't get this as much, but when you get to the point where you can enjoy a wipeout, <laughs> like, and, and literally, like, I love, assuming I don't get hurt, obviously, um, and even then there's some joy there, but I love being in a in, in challenging surf and having to stay underwater just for a minute mm -hmm. and just recognizing that the surrender to the moment is the only way that I'm going to be okay. That's, that's a beautiful way. That's a beautiful way to be, man. Yeah. I mean, actually it's funny. Uh, you, you know, Ty, right? Ty Duckett. Yeah. 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 So he and I were talking about it, uh, cause he was on not too long ago and talking about it's forced meditation, right? You, you basically have to stay in the now or you will drown. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's actually a, if you need a, a refresher, you know, there's the thing they always, a lot of times they talk about in different meditation methods is attention. Well, it's attention to right now and you, you can't do anything, but if you're going to last in the water for more than a minute or two. I think that's very well put. That's very, very well put. Well said. Yeah. Uh, so where have you surfed? Cause you're, you're doing this thing, uh, right now where you're 
90 waves in 30 days. And, and uh, how's that been going for you so far? So the challenge that I'm currently undertaking is a 30 waves in 90 days challenge where we're surfing 30 different breaks over the course of three months. On top of that, I'm also competing in a virtual contest, the Amp Surf Home Break Championship. Oh, oh, be careful. They don't want us to call it virtual, remember? Oh, excuse me. I'm, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm in the same contest too, sort of, yeah, at least right. to the extent that I can submit stuff. But go right. ahead. Um, and then I'm also, cr- uh, on top of that, creating a documentary based around that, but also answering the question of, is life accessible? And so what we're really talking about here is inclusion, community, accessibility, and how that relates to society. And I've learned a lot in these last 60 days since I've started this this challenge. I've pushed myself. I'm exhausted, but I'm so, so happy. And it's led to a lot of different things that I've learned about myself. It's caused me to learn new skills. Um in leadership, in communication, self-reflection, um, and I'm very grateful for it. And now it's it's because I've taken the action and I've kept at it. It's now gaining serious traction where we have a lot of people coming out. We have um, potential sponsors that are willing to fund the project, and I'm very grateful for it all. I mean, if if I didn't have the community around me to push me forward because I've been juggling a lot internally during this time period. Sure. If I didn't have that support group, if I didn't have that support network, um, I probably would be struggling right now, but I'm not. And I've kept my head on straight and I'm eternally grateful to those people that have donated their time to the people that have joined on, on the challenge. And, um, uh, like I said, I'm eternally grateful for finding surfing because it's made a big difference in my life. Is there anything else adventure? Well, actually, well, I got two simultaneous questions I want to ask. What are some of the the uh, the breaks that you have visited that that are uh, you particularly enjoyed? Do you think in this little challenge here, or honestly anywhere? If you haven't actually, if you have others, because I know you've done some world travel too, at least a little bit. Yeah, um, I would say that some of the best breaks that I've ever experienced, and I'm talking about an overall experience, not just waves. Right. Um, I would say that Grandview, Grandview was incredible. Um, the energy that I felt there from the ocean and the people was beautiful. The view was also gorgeous. I mean, you could feel nature had just accepted you there, and it was beautiful. It was peaceful. It was very, very peaceful. Um. Another one of the places that I've been to that I want to return to was a wave pool in Wales. I mean, it, it's legitimately in the Oh, middle so you went out to the Welsh Open uh, the first year? Yeah. I did, yes. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made. It also represented a huge learning curve for me. And I experienced so much adversity. In that was that trip. your first time in a wave pool? or? It was my first time in a wave pool. And it was a, it was a, an experience I will never forget because I met some incredible people. I dealt with a lot of adversity. Um, my body ended up betraying me while I was on that trip, but I managed it all. And I'll never forget that place because of the people I met, the experiences that, that I had that I got to enjoy and just how beautiful it was. Like I felt completely at peace. I'm a little bit of a nerd. 
So well, I you, got, you're did it. You're talking to a guy who who gone to Comic Con every year for the last five years, with the exception of this one. So you're you're, okay. you're good. So you might you might understand me when I say this, but I I am a historical nerd. So Wales and England, some and deep Britain, rich history right there. Oh yeah. Um, so when I went there. I remember looking at the forest of Wales and, and seeing all the lush greenery and the fog that comes over the land. Man, that must mornings. be so cool. It was cool, but it also reminded me of when the Romans were around. Mm. And I was like, I understand now why this place felt mystical to them because it felt mystical to me. And I was like, yeah, there's something here. There's like an energy that I can't explain and it's very weird but I don't feel like it was there to hurt me. It was just, it's just there. Just a powerful place. A very, that's a great way to put it. A very powerful place. Um, I've been to Spain as well. Spain, those people are so welcoming. Um, I've been to a lot of different places, but um, you know, Peru, Wales, Spain, those are some amazing places. Um, And on the challenge, I would have to say Grand View, um, beacons uh, are some are some of the top places that I've been so far, and I've really tried to push myself in the. Challenge. You made it out to Halama this challenge yet? Uh, not yet. Hopefully, that'd be, that'd be a good happen. one for you. I think there's some really beautiful waves up there, especially if you can get in there before Thanksgiving or so, because it'll they'll get way larger after that. Well, that means that I gotta go when it's way larger, well, man. Do you, well, I don't know. Have you done like the twenty and thirty footers? Okay, maybe not that big. <laughs> I mean, ten, uh, 10 feet is about as big as I've surfed. And that, that, that was challenging enough as it is. Anything above 10 kind of still scares me a little bit. Yeah. 10 to 12 is my, my max right now. It, it's very intimidating. You've got to be on your P's and Q's when you get up to that level. So, uh, what's the, do you have any interest in going big, like 30 foot plus? I think so. I believe so. But I also understand when I witnessed those waves and I felt the power I immediately understood that if I'm going to do it, I need to be in top physical shape. I need to have appropriate professional water safety and I need to have everything in place to make it happen. Otherwise, I'm not going to do that. I understand I have a very appropriate and healthy respect for the fragility of life. Life is a gift. Life is precious. And the time that you have is valuable. So you should make the most of your time, but don't try to make it less if you get what I'm saying. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. There's a difference between being courageous and foolhardy, I think. That's a really good way of putting it. Thank you for simplifying. Uh, uh, well, that's what I do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I like what you were talking about life being a gift, right? Like, it, you know, it's – yeah. Okay. You know, a lot of inspirational people and, you know, I know you've done some life coaching. I've, I've had life coaching training and stuff and, and I think it's real though. So I went through a period of time where, um, I was seriously doubting and reevaluating, um, all of my ideas on religion, spirituality, and, um, I, I would not classify myself as an atheist now. I'm unconventionally religious, maybe as a as a you know PC way to put it. Not really to this isn't a, a, a episode where I'm going to go into the d- details of my personal theology. But one of the things that I thought was so cool is I have a couple of really good friends that are um, 
very outspokenly atheist, but some of the most warm, kind, life-filled people you've ever met in your entire life. And I, I kind of came to this, this spot where either life is a gift from God and it should be enjoyed and you know treated like the treasure that it is, or there is no God and this life is all we have and it's a treasure and we should respect it for the, the, the riches that it is. So either way, let's enjoy this life and try to make it as awesome as we possibly can have it. I agree with that perspective. I think whatever you believe, you know, you and I have healthy perspectives on what the, what life really is, you know, coming through a lot of challenges early on in life, I think gives you a sense of maturity and you have an appreciation for it. Um, I know things can get difficult. I've been there. I went to a really low place in life because of my difference and it really affected how I view things. You know, I have, I've, I've been, I've literally had knuckles put into my face, uh, shoes put into my gut and spat on and called cripple and nasty. Because of your cerebral palsy, they just decided that was a okay thing to do. Yes. I was beaten. I was beaten. Dude. Used and, um, as a kid or adult or as a kid. And I've also experienced some nastiness from adults. Wow. That's awful, dude. You take it with a grain of salt. Like it's really about your perspective, right? Yeah. Um, but when you lead a life dictated by others, that's when you get into serious, serious trouble because then you realize that you're not living for yourself. You're living for somebody else. You're living for somebody else. And that's when you can spiral because your life needs to be yours. Your decisions need to be your own. So if you want to go take your shot, do it because time is your most valuable asset. You're never going to get it back. So you might as well do the most that you can with it. So if somebody tells you you can't do it, that's usually their own insecurities that they're placing on you. Okay. For context, I discovered that I was living a life based around what other people told me. And because of that, I realized that if I continued on this path, I was going to live in misery. I was going to be dressed in a Dwight button-down t-shirt, which is – there's nothing wrong with Dwight K. Schrute. Let's put it clearly. Dwight is a beast. <laughs> well, and he's the, the assistant – he's the, the assistant to the regional manager. Or the, the I'm sorry. Assistant regional man. Wow, I can talk honestly. I get – you wouldn't it's, know it, but I do get, do get paid to speak sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He did end up becoming – the manager, the regional branch manager. Spoiler alert for, for a show that's been off the air for I don't even know how many years. Almost 20 <laughs> years. If you haven't watched it, too late. Sorry for the spoiler. <laughs> but continuing on, I was going to be dressed in that kind of shirt, working in a cubicle nine to five, um, coming home to nothing and no one, and eating a frozen dinner watching Netflix. For some people, that's enough. And that is okay. You can do that with your life. If that is your choice and that is what you want, all power to you. But that is not what I want for my life. But if I continued on that path, I was going to be so unhappy and so miserable that I was going to be broken. And I legitimately visualized putting my head through a noose. And I've never, ha- I've never ever once thought about that ever in my life. And that's, that's the a dark only place, time- dude. That's the only time I've ever done it. 
and I've never experienced it again. But that was enough for me to snap out of it and not listen to the noise and push forward. Forget what others tell you to do with your life. It is about your choices, your life, your actions, and being accountable to those. But get after it. I, I think it's it's easier sometimes. It's not rewarding, but it's easier to let other people's desires or their assumptions, or we, you know, maybe we're afraid of hurting somebody or seeming ungrateful, and we'll put up with stuff that we think we have to put up with. Even and and sometimes people come from a good or at least well-meaning place, but they just they can't get it past it. But that that willingness to to kind of see what allows us to be our best that's it's harder for for a lot of people to get to maybe that pain just has to be that much i i don't know what if if somebody was going to come to that realization for themselves like what types of thing if they're struggling with that um i i agree with that i mean i'm not saying that the journey is not difficult it absolutely is you are going to have moments where you doubt yourself and you're not sure which way to go that's healthy. That's called being human. And that speaks to your humanity. You should be okay with those feelings. You need to understand where they're coming from. You don't need to bottle them up and ignore them. You should actually accept them because that means you're on the right path. And if you want to change too, if you want to transition, that's okay too because that's called life. There's no direct path from point A to point B. There's your path. And whatever that looks like, it's yours. Who cares what other people say? Oh, clearly you're speech, preaching to the choir on this one. I mean, who, who decides at, at 36 to quit a reliable job to go like do martial arts and adventure stuff full time? So clearly I'm, I'm one of the crazy ones too. <laughs> So, are you happy? I am. Absolutely. Way more than matter. I would have. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing is if you'll, um, you know, we've had, uh, Andrea, my wife and I, we've had leaner times since I decided to, to leave more regular employment and I've had my ups and downs, but even with my most challenging periods in this last four years, she says she likes me way more now than when I was work. Cause you know, it's like when you, when you're not unleashed to be yourself, then you're not happy. And I, and I think that, you know, we quantify value in humanity right now a lot based on how much money we make, you know, especially, and, and I'm not going to get too super political, but I mean, feel free if you, if you decide um, that oftentimes humanity and human life, especially in, in the U.S., I think is you're basically, well, you, you're going to be able to earn this much in the course of your lifetime and you're going to be able to earn this much. And if you're not earning this much, well, then you're a waste of space. And I think that honestly, how are we making, are we making the world better because we're in it? There's more ways of measuring better than zeros in a bank account or, you know, stock portfolios or whatever, not to say that stuff isn't important. It is, but I think what you're talking about is transcending that. If somebody is happy and has healthy love for themselves, they can make the world better. It can kind of reduce some of that, 
social inflammation is you might want to put it. I would agree with that. I would say the question I would ask somebody that really focuses on those zeros in their bank account is what is your perspective? What is your opinion on wealth? What does wealth mean to you? And that's a, uh, that could be a deep question. It could be a simple answer. We don't know. But that's what I would ask somebody is what is your perspective on wealth? Because I can say that I'm wealthy right now. I'm very, very wealthy as far as what my life has given me, what I've decided to do with my time. Money comes. Money has definitely come from it, from doing what I love. So tell me, is it better to do what I love and get paid to do it or to allow others to tell me what to do and be miserable? Like it comes, it all, everything comes in time. You have to just be patient, stay focused, stay with your process and ask yourself the hard questions and answer them as well. When did you, man, like every once in a while you'll say something. I'm like, all right, sweet, sweet. I can just sit here and, and kind of soak that in for a second. And then I was like, oh yeah, I need to keep the conversation going. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just don't want to be too long-winded. I'm no, like, you're hey, good. See, that's that, that's fine, and that's that's the the beautiful thing I love about the open podcast format is you know, like YouTube, you have your algorithms you want to keep within certain amount of time. And honestly, the podcasts that I personally enjoy the most, um, and I don't always agree with them on everything, but I, I like the conversational nature of what Rogan's done and what some of the other podcasts that, you know, even more comedic and offensive ones like your mom's house and things like that. Like (laughs) (laughs) keep my eye tight. Um, (laughs) Now I know. Now I know. Uh, It's, it's the, it doesn't have to end at a specific time. It doesn't have to start a specific time. And I think that that's, that's kind of a metaphor for, I think one of the, the necessary evolutions of, us as a species is not being caught up on, oh, well, you know, my entertainment has to be 22 minutes or 44 minutes long so that there's enough room for commercials. Or I have to make sure that I I sit down every week or I have to make sure that, you know, I read this book or I listen to this book. I can't do both or, you know, whatever. I, I think there's that kind of transcending of, it doesn't have to be the way it's always been. Traditions are good when they're useful. When traditions become stifling and there's nothing to keep to them other than tradition's sake, unless that keeping of that tradition is going to help you to to stay sane and, and to find some calm, um, we don't always have to stick to the same structure that we've always stuck to. So it's just even conversationally. I don't mind if you go long-winded. That's all good. That That just makes for more interesting stuff for people to listen to. You know, they, they, people download this podcast or stream it or whatever. I'm sure not just to listen to my voice because they can hear me every week. You know, they, they <laughs> want to get, they want to get a little bit of variety of, of perspective, you know? Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I, and again, I appreciate you having me on and uh, I believe okay, that man. your podcast is, um, is a up and comer for sure. So thank you, dude. You. Yeah. Well, we're, well, we're, we're trending upward. Yeah. Well, well, uh, no, no Spotify money yet, but you know, that's okay. We'll keep going. Even if they, uh, you know, it, it takes a minute. Manscaped uh, might hit you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, lawnmowers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is all like literally th- th- these last couple of moments, like 
only people who are, who are deep into weird like comedy podcasts have any idea what we're talking about, but that's okay. <laughs> and sport podcasts too. Yeah, they, man, dude, it's it's all over the place. So, um, yeah, Manscaped, if you guys want to kind of, you know, sponsor me, whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can make some of that happen. So, yeah. um, when did you have that, that sort of epiphany? I, I wanted to actually get back to that, that where you had your dark period. You realized I don't want to wear a, as, as styling as Dwight Schrute is. I want to kind of, kind of carve my own way. What was. When I was told yeah. I didn't have the ability or when I was told I did not have the ability or experience to work with athletes by a superior that had given me the chance to work in sport. That was a really dark moment and it wasn't necessarily his words that hurt me. It was the realization that I had been living a life dictated by what everyone else had told me. Mm. I can't be an athlete, so I have to be a coach or a front office administrator. Well, I don't think you have the ability to coach, so maybe we'll just put you behind the desk and allow you to crunch numbers and work deals and all these other things. Well, we're not sure you can actually do this position, but you know, we'll give you this. And it was settling. You're settling at that point. Yeah. And when you realize that you're settling and you're compromising a little bit too much, then you're talking about self-worth. And how do you value yourself? What do you want? This is the question that I always come back to. What's your perspective? What do you want? And then you have to have the guts to look yourself inside yourself, to look inside of yourself and have that healthy conversation and be prepared for what comes out of it. And that may mean your skeletons, your demons, whatever you might want to call them, they come out to roost. And if they do, okay, I would still say that what's the problem? It's you. That's you. Right? Like, I don't know if you ever watch anime. Some. But have you ever seen the show Naruto? Uh, a few episodes. It, okay. it's, it's, part of it is, is it's... Like if I'm going to watch it, I have to watch it dubbed because I don't speak Japanese. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of know, course, so. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like the concept though, for sure. So it's one of the greatest anime shows I've ever watched. But the actual storyline, the the young man goes through transformations from a young age to like becoming like this really powerful um, warrior. But he has to go through a lot of trials within himself. And then it becomes – very, very real, very fast for him when he looks through a reflection within himself and he sees the anger, the hatred, the frustrations, the demons that are that are him because he was excluded, he was pushed down, he was abused, he was he was ostracized often. And he realized that the only way to heal himself was to accept those things about him hmm. and to love himself. And the moment he actually hugged that inner demon of his, no matter how much pain he endured, it created this beautiful moment of acceptance and empowerment within himself. And that's kind of what I'm talking about here is like when I confronted that nastiness of myself, those demons of myself, that inadequacy, that incapability that was nestled deep in my heart. I 
had to coax it. I had to, to soothe it. I had to soothe and heal the scars of my heart. Scars heal, but the, the scar remains a reminder to you to keep working, to keep progressing, to keep growing. So I had to heal the scars, and then I became happier because I accepted those things, and then I was able to move forward. Pretending I something doesn't exist doesn't make it not true. It gets worse. It comes back to you 10 times yep. worse. I realized that when I was 27, 28. So it wasn't that long ago, right? And I, and I was living a very successful life on paper. I mean, I was working full-time, 60, 60 hours a week, and I was going to grad school full-time. So pretty much I would sleep four or five hours, get up, do the same thing the next day, go to bed. That's a damn busy schedule, friend. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I wanted it. I was very committed to it. But I didn't really realize what was happening in my life, what was actually occurring until that moment. And then I had to confront these things. And I ended up walking across hawk holes and believing in myself. I legitimately walked across hot coals. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I've been a um, an appreciator of uh, Tony Robbins for a handful of years. Um, at, you know, listen, read one of his books, listened to a bunch of his audios and stuff back in, you know, 12 years ago when I had a pretty shift, significant shift, but I've wanted to walk across coals for, for a while. Um, That's where I did it. I went okay. to unleash the power within. Yeah, I went to that. What was that experience like for you, man? I mean, obviously where, it was a catalyst for you, I guess, with this whole transformation. Yeah. It, it's the special forces training of inner reflection. Like you go, they, they incorporate special forces training in that um, environment. You're going 20 hours pretty much every day uh, for a four or five days straight. You have very little sleep but you have so much energy, you don't care. You just keep finding ways to keep pushing. And I was kind of, I, you understand this because you have had challenges or differences, but right. the moment we get pushed to our limits, it's kind of like we're in our element. And that's when I was in my element. Mm-hmm. And it, it was super difficult, but I would never change it for the world. Now, once you are in that environment, it's very easy to stay super empowered, super successful, really gung-ho. But the moment you leave, that's when the real work begins. That's when you have yeah. to deal with yourself again. And you have to remember those tools. But this is your life. Tony Robbins is just an instrument for you to use for yourself. Like it's all, It all comes back to self-accountability and empowerment. What do you want? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to give? And I think that a lot of times we we see people like Tony Robbins or we see other big influers, influers, influencers, you know, people like, you know, real powerful stories. You look at, you know, Diamond Dallas Page and some of the stuff that he's done. I've, I've benefited from some of his stuff when I've had to rehab injuries and whatnot. And you look at... um you know, the other giant thought leaders in the world. I mean, even, you know, Rogan is another example, or even, um, you know, David Goggins, all the people that I, I've personally admired 
have done something. I mean, like you, you re, I've only read uh, Unlimited Power, which was Tony Robbins' first book. We talked about, you know, he used to live in this dinky little uh, apartment where he'd have to wash his dishes in his bathtub. You know, he went through, but it ultimately came down to um, all these are tools, but nobody can do this except you. You know, like I went through a really, really dark period uh, where I almost lost my marriage and because I was being kind of an asshat and, and the specifics of what led to that isn't as important as much as the only way that I was gonna, I, I had to work on my stuff regardless of whether or not she worked on hers. And I had to do it whether she took me back or not. And I had to do it because it was good for me, but I couldn't, it didn't matter how many counseling sessions I went to. It didn't matter how many, uh, tapes I listened to or how many books I read or, or meditation I did or anything like that. It, it had to come down to what was I going to do? What was I, you know, like the, the work that I, I put in, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you don't that, especially if you go to like an event like that, as powerful and as amazing as Tony is and, and whatever, you come back to real life. You're like, Oh, everybody else is still stuck in their own stuff. They're all in this giant associated state. I can't rely on them to help lift me back up anyway i I better do this myself (laughs) and you can also find those very empowered people as well that help push you forward i think that's another key element like you you can't walk through life alone there's no way that i would be where i am today without the support of my friends and family that have helped push me forward i am lucky to have had the life that i've had regardless of the challenges, I accept those because that's made me who I am. My disability is my gift. Do I have, did I regret having it? Yeah, I did as a child. It's foolish of me to not say that. That doesn't speak to the humanity that is me. I mean, I've, of course, I've cried myself to sleep at night as a kid because nobody can answer the questions of why did this happen to me? What, what's going on? You know, like, Oh, it was a mistake by someone. Well, what what do you mean a mistake? How what how, what happened? I don't know. It just happened. It's like, well, what the f, man? I didn't ask for this. <laughs> and like, so you're sitting there in the dark, in a bed, by yourself, looking at your blanket, and you're wondering why. And that's a very lonely moment to be. That's a that's a very lonely moment. But you have yep. to go through it. You've got to go through it if you want to find the other side. And, um, but, you know, the, there are people that will be placed in your life at certain moments for certain reasons to help you get through those moments. So you know who they are. To anybody who's listening out there, if, if you have two minutes, you know, keep this podcast on, open your text messages. And say, I love you to at least one person that you really, really care about. Just say those three words. I guarantee you, you'll be surprised by what you receive back. It's just as simple as that. We have to be willing to give if we want to receive. You know, it's it for for those of you guys listening and you're, you're hearing Jacob's words, you know, like, I mean, I've, I've surfed with Jacob. You know, he's not... He's really good at kind of pulling the the 
you know, kind of inspiring. He, he gets that moment going, uh, but he's not an empty voice, man. This, this, he is absolutely a guy who does this stuff. And that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I think one of the things that bugs the heck out of me um, are people who, you know, they're like life coaches or inspirational speakers or whatever, and they haven't done shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, and that's why, like, um, you know, okay. Uh, technically I got life coaching and NLP training and hypnosis, you know, I mean, like I have that, uh, you know, I have that as a, as a background of like, you know, I, I have had professional clients on that, um, working on the whole marketing thing. Maybe we'll, we'll make some of that f- stuff fixed, but, uh, but you, you look at I'm sure because I'm sure you've gone to conferences. If you've gone to Tony Robbins, he, like he's actually earned what he's done. I'm actually a fan of of what he does, a lot of what he does anyway. But I'm sure if you've been in the personal growth industry at all, you've gone and you've you've read posts or you've seen Instagram influencers, and you're like, so so what have you done? Like, well, I'm a life coach, well, right? What's your story? And it's like, well, I went and I wanted to be a life coach, so now I'm a life coach. I'm like, well, okay, that's cool. It's cool you want to help people, but I want to. What, what have you overcome in your own life? What What are your personal gains and struggles and and mountains you've climbed? You know, metaphorical or or literal. I think th- those are the people that I listen to, and you know, that's the thing, man. Like you're you're out there, you're surfing, you're you're doing your thing. Um, anybody who checks out your your YouTube channel, uh, prone to ride, absolutely go search it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you're not. It, you're not just giving didactic lessons, you know, you're not just pontificating on what, Oh, this sounds good. And and everything you're saying is dope, but you're also out there, you're doing stuff, you know? And I, and I think that that's, I mean, I don't know, like if you ever followed David Goggins at all, he's kind of an out there guy, but he's, he's clearly not fake. Absolutely. Yeah. I have followed him and I appreciate your kind words, my man. Um, I actually changed my YouTube channel from prone to ride to Jacob Pacheco. So, okay. All right. Yeah, well then I'll at. make sure to go. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Um, because I just wanted to provide a little bit more of that humanity again, mm-hmm. um, to, to the, to the people and just try to connect with, um, individuals. And I think that, um, for people who watched the, one of the most recent videos I made about being called an effing weirdo. Um, for those of that watched, understood what I was trying to say. Some, some might've seen it as a cry for help. It was never a cry for help. It was just educating on what Mm -hmm. the realities of life can be like. However, um, that's normal for my life. That is normal for my life. And I've grown used to it. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me as much as some might think, but, um, when it happens on top of a lot of other personal issues that are, that I'm juggling, of course it can have an effect being stared at like you're a, um, a piece of jewelry on a pedestal. Like that can, that can be a little bit, uh, weird, but I had a conversation with a parent recently for the documentary and he said something extremely wise. And he said, if they're staring at you, it's because they're trying to learn. And they don't know how to approach you. So they're learning through observation because they don't necessarily understand how to approach you. And so when I heard that, I was like, wow, that was, that's really beautiful. That really helps change my mindset, right? Because children will stare at you. Right. Well, and they don't have the filter. They don't have the filter of, oh, it's not appropriate for me to do that. Yeah. And still adults will do it, but they're still just trying to learn. 
people fear what they do not understand. And so we have to help bridge that gap of understanding. And still derogatory comments might come out, but maybe that's their way of not understanding what we're dealing with. And that's their problems, not ours. Would you say you have it easier for, for those you know who don't understand cerebral palsy? Would you say that you have it a bit easier in that, um, and, and maybe this, I'm making an assumption, but I've, I've had other friends with, with CP that have had more significant uh, speech impairments. So their speech is, is far less clear and in terms of the way it affects their ability to, to use their body. Um, your speech is incredibly clear and visually you might have, you know, people can kind of see something's not quite the same as, as your average individual. Do you think that the the assumption that there is a cognitive disability because you have a uh, one that affects your uh, just physical interaction, you, you, that kind of assumption that, oh, you must not be able to understand what I'm saying, is that, or do you get a, don't encounter that as much because you are able to pretty clearly enunciate and articulate your perspective? I think there's a balance there. I will say that I know I'm incredibly fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. But again, it all comes back to understanding and um, bridging the gap. I think that cerebral palsy is a very common disability, it affect, but the range in which it affects people is massive, right? We're talking about milliseconds of time between being born, right? Newborns are so fragile. Milliseconds, sure. milliseconds can dictate what is affected in your body. You know, I'm talking about a snap of a finger, right? So like I snap my finger, now I can't walk as well. Snap my finger again, now my speech is impaired. Snap my finger again, now I'm in a wheelchair and I can't fend for myself and there's a lot more challenges and now you have to depend on others. So it really depends and I am not oblivious to that. I know I'm extremely fortunate. I know I am grateful for what I have. And I've worked also extremely hard to be in the position that I'm in. Uh, I was in, you know, uh, walker embraces as a kid. I was told that I would be wheelchair bound by the time I was 16. So, you know, it, it's taken hours upon hours, days, years. Of and you have training. a work ethic, dude. I mean, like, I mean, before you go surfing, don't you, you basically do like a, what, 20 minutes of stretching before you even head out the door. At least you uh, were for a while. Yeah, I do. I do um, an hour. No, that's not true. 30 to 35 minutes of stretching before I sleep just to help me with my sleep. And then I also wake up and I do about a 10 minute stretch in the morning. And I usually prep my gear the night before to make sure that uh, there's not much time wasted in the morning for kind of picking up after myself and um, just minimizing time wasted for sure. sessions. Um, but yeah, I've learned all of that stuff from years and years of physical therapy as a child. And I understand now that time and access affects every single human being in the world. Time will slow you down and that's when access will affect you one way or another. So the better you take care of yourself, the better you eat. The more you exercise, the more you're fulfilled, the more you're happy, the less 
impact time will have on your body and on your mind. And time can then be an ally. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's when you're making the most of your time, like I think you, you are doing as well. Oh, it's the, it's the goal anyway, you know? Um, and it's so funny though. Like I, I was, I was thinking about this too, as you were talking, um, the perspective of what's to somebody is a waste of time. And to me is best way to spend the day. So like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, um, I went, you know, I, multiple times, uh, go and I'll, I'll surf, with, with John and, and maybe Todd and, you know, some of the other people that hang out with the, the Waves for All crew, well, smaller groups, but we'll go out and, and then we'll go, in fact, actually one of the best days I ever had, I went surfing with, with John and Todd in the morning. And then we went out and we sailed around an Oceanside Harbor. And like some people say, well, what are you doing? You're just kind of wasting your time kind of surfing and, and doing the thing. And, you know, like, that's fun. This is my therapy, man. Like I didn't, that was the, actually that day was the day that, all the riots got crazy, you know, and where they had big old riots in my town, you know, where, where like burned down two banks and, and, and all this stuff. Cause I live in La Mesa. It's like a little bit East of San Diego. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. basically a suburb of, of it. And because I was so focused on surfing and sailing with my friends, like I didn't even worry about any of that. I was just so focused on enjoying the time that I, I'm addicted to my phone. I spend way too much time checking social media and looking, and I'm, I've been trying to be a little bit better. I've actually been posting a little bit less, but you know, trying to be a little bit more mindful of that. And that was time well spent to somebody else. They're going to look at that and like, well, man, you, all you're doing is just goofing off in the water with your friends. I want you, you keep talking about how you need to build a business and doing all this stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, but if I don't take the time, um, uh, you know, recent guest, uh, Scott Brick, whose his episode comes out tomorrow, uh, he's talking about the importance of sharpening the saw. You know, like, I think he got it from Stephen Covey or whatever. Like, if you don't sharpen your saw, eventually, doesn't matter how much effort you put in, you're not going to catch or uh, cut any wood worth crap. Agreed. Agreed. You have to... You have to take care of yourself if you want to keep going. The only reason why I'm able to continue on doing the 30 ways and 90 days challenge is because I've taken days off where yeah. I've relaxed. But you know what? I'll be honest with you. Every time, every day I say I'm going to take a break, I'm not taking breaks. I'm working. <laughs> I'm like You're creating something. content. Yeah, I'm yep. doing something because for me, I don't. I just don't have time to waste. When I say time to waste. It's like, you know, what do I really want for myself again? You know, like I, yeah. I, I want to do this because I want to help others. I want to create the, the life that I want and I, I'm getting closer and closer. I really believe that in my soul. Every moment, every hour of every day since I've started doing this, since I've started doing Prone to Ride, I know I'm getting closer every day, even when I'm not doing the things I want to be doing. Maybe, you know, like I need to have a conversation with my body. If I need to just lay down and chill out and not do anything yeah. and eat Doritos, then that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> like that's Tapatio ones are dangerous by the way. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> to go back to your original point about everybody says you're wasting time again, that's them transplanting their own insecurities on what they think your life should look like. Yep. 
You are the captain of your ship, the master of your own soul. So you do what you have to do. Otherwise, screw them. What do they know? <laughs> too right, too right. Um, what uh, I want to make sure, like, if uh, that we actually because you have this documentary you're, you're doing, you got the the challenge your YouTube channel. Um, is there anything you want to make sure about those that you either want to go into more detail on or, or any kind of projects you're working on where people can kind of jump in and kind of help further um, quality of life for other people or just kind of get stoked on on the positive t- the positivity you're creating? Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. The project that we're currently doing is the biggest one with the documentary and the 30 Waves and 90 Days Challenge. We've hit 18 beaches currently. We're on about day 50 seven right now so we're definitely on track um we're about to hit the final 30 days so it's going to be full bore ahead um i have to really really push uh for the last month but you know if you know one thing about me you know i'll get it done um but this is uh this is a personal journey for me as well because this is my second time doing it and i've i officially crossed uh, the, my previous stopping point. So when I did this completely on my own, um, a couple of years ago, I had no idea what I was biting off and I got to 17 beaches in 90 days, but this time around we've made it to 18 beaches in 55 or 56 days. So it was a huge, huge, you had a better sense of what you what you're getting yourself into this time around. Yeah. It's called natural progression, natural growth. <laughs> and, um, but that that speaks again to humanity, right? The ability to experience yep. failure, accept it, understand it, process it, and then move forward. Now I understood what I needed. I got people behind me that can help. I I I asked for friends to come out and join me, and because of that, I've been able to progress forward with it. Um, for those that want to join us to surf, uh, you can contact me on my Instagram. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel and watch. Um, I will be producing content there. I will be producing content on TikTok as well and Instagram. So I'm hitting a lot of different um, social media platforms that I'm really growing out. Um, If you're interested in sponsoring the project, please uh, contact me via Instagram. We're going to be setting up a campaign for the content on Indiegogo. Um, we're in the process of doing that right now. Um, and, uh, if you have a company and you're interested in sponsoring as well, please reach out to me. Uh, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Um, but, uh, it's a project that I really enjoy because we're, we're bringing a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life into the project. And that's exactly what I want. It's not about me. I'm no one. I'm nobody. It's about all of us together. You know, we all have to make the ship go. And it's easier if we all work together rather than work separately. If there's one tanker in the harbor and we have 50 tugboats pulling in 50 different directions, the boat's never going to get anywhere. However, if we focus on two tugboats or three tugboats pulling in the same direction, we just need to get the tanker out of the harbor. Once it's out of the harbor and on its own, it can do its thing. The tanker's huge. it's a movement, you know? So I'm very grateful, very grateful. But if you Absolutely, want to, man. yeah, if you want to message us, if you want to contact us, get into contact, uh, reach out to my Instagram. And we'll make sure to have all those links. So if, uh, 
you know, look in the show notes on whatever app you're, you're listening in. There should be all the info right there for you. Uh, how to get in touch with Jacob. Um, I always like to ask in addition, you know, cause, um, I hate listening to podcasts where it's, you know, produced podcasts have their place for sure. Um, but I always feel like when you put a real tight time constraint, uh, guests, oftentimes you can tell maybe they're not quite getting out everything they want to say. Um, floodgates are wide open. Uh, I want, uh, carte blanche. You have permission to say literally anything you want that maybe we didn't get to, or, uh, whether it's connected to surfing adventure or otherwise, honestly. I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? Basically, you can say anything you want that we didn't get to. <laughs> I think we whether uh, it has to, whether it has to do with surfing or otherwise. Uh, no, I think we covered um, all the bases. Uh, I guess I'll finish up with this. Um, thank you for having me on your podcast. I appreciate the time, and it was an amazing discussion. And um, I just want to tell everybody out there to keep charging for your dreams and goals. Don't let other people decide what's best for your life. You decide for yourself. Uh, I got that sort of, uh, it's the, 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 the response where, uh, Pavlov, Pavlovian response where I want to hear that always. (laughs) Okay. Can you give us one before you leave? Of course. Of course. Well, you know, always, always. Always, hey, keep charging for your dreams and gold, baby. Beautiful adventure is a state of mind. How you live it is up to you.